Friends, after two long years of trying to get my Twitter account and more importantly, all of my work back, I am pleased to announce that Twitter under Elon Musk's new leadership has officially reinstated my account. Now, it's been a minute since we've had a show, and since I've last talked to you, many other notable names have also been reinstated. That's right, your favorites such as President Donald Trump, the Babylon Bee, Project Veritas, and many more have been restored to Twitter. However, our work is not done yet, as many people are still left to be restored, and sadly, Elon, who espoused to be bringing free speech back to Twitter, has stated that he will not allow Alex Jones back on the platform. Now, I'm extremely grateful to have my work back. However, is this a potential red flag for free speech as Elon continues to free once-censored accounts? I guess only time will tell. Now, welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire, my friends. I truly am so grateful to each and every single one of you who have been with me throughout this entire censorship journey. And while I am so excited about getting my account back. Like I said, it is a little bit bittersweet because Alex, one of the people who helped me get my start, is not allowed on the platform. Let me know what you guys think down below uh, before we jump into the show because we are going to be touching in on Russia and Ukraine and some of the updates since the last time I talked to you guys on that front. We're going to be discussing Joe Biden, his administration, Twitter fact-checking the administration, which has been absolutely beautiful to see. And we're also going to touch a little bit, too, on the midterms, um, <clears throat> Republicans taking over the House and what can be done and in our country now that we have that power back. Now, before we get into all of that, please remember that this show is sponsored by you. And one of the best ways to do that is by going to my subscribe star. The link is down below, along with my new Twitter account, or I guess my old Twitter account. Um, because my Twitter is blowing up so much right now, my DMs are absolutely flooded. So if you've ever wanted to have a conversation with me, subscribe star would be the best way to do it. If you subscribe on that uh, channel, on that account, you will have access to direct messaging with me or another great way to uh, support the show. This is one of my favorites is by going to oldcountrysoap.com and using coupon code SAP for 20% off of your order. Now, friends, I always hype up this product because it is one of the absolute best. This is handmade soap with chemical free ingredients. It's got tallow. It's got the bentonite clay. A lot of you might be wondering, what should I get my mom, my brother, my sister, my dad for Christmas? I don't know. Old Country Soap is guaranteed to please, okay? I always say if you want skin like Saz, you've got to use the best product on the market. And I guarantee you this is it. I use the soap every single day and I swear by it. The ingredients are incredible. It comes from an American-made business. It comes in one of these great sisal fiber soap bags. So you can exfoliate the skin while using the product. So it's kind of just a win-win for everybody involved. Again, oldcountrysoap.com. Use coupon code SAP for 20% off of your order. And I promise you will not regret checking this out. Every single person that I've told to go try this soap has been like SAP. It is truly amazing. Absolutely incredible. And my whole family loves it. So go check it out. All right, y'all. I am officially back on Twitter. I am so excited about this. My first tweet back was about how I was banned for this tweet. As you guys can see there, it has 104 million views. This was the tweet that Donald Trump had shared uh, from my account back in 2020, which resulted in my initial ban. And we are officially back. I am so excited to just be with everybody once again and to be able to share my reporting. It really does feel like such a blessing. It has been 
a struggle the past two years. Honestly, there's been moments where I wanted to give up on my career, give up on my work because I wasn't able to share it. There were moments when I would get so frustrated because people like this guy, Stephen Monticelli, who's a writer for the Daily Beast, were calling me um, a homophobe who was a neo-Nazi and was participating in a White Lives Matter rally. This is Stephen Monticelli, who, while I was banned, utilized Twitter to slander me and also stalked me multiple times, made sure that any other new Twitter account that I created was immediately banned and also targeted my Instagram. So this grown man who lives in Dallas was stalking me for years and he was very upset at all of the people who were rallying around me yesterday, like Sarah Gonzalez, Sydney Watson, my good friend Andy No, Libby Emmons of the Post Millennial. They all rallied around me. We were able to get my account back. This hit piece writer, not very happy about it. But luckily for me, I was actually able to respond to these slanderous claims. And it's so nice that free speech is somewhat back on Twitter. Now, Elon Musk has decided to turn Twitter into democracy and basically put this poll out that said, should we reinstate former President Trump? It had 15 million votes with 51.8% uh, of the voters saying, yes, he should be reinstated. That won the majority of the poll. And Elon did reinstate his account um, from the post-millennial as well. We did have the Babylon Bee, Jordan Peterson, even Kathy Griffin got her Twitter account back. But sadly, uh, we are seeing headlines like this one from CBS News. Elon Musk says he'll never reinstate Alex Jones on Twitter. Many people unhappy with this decision, myself included, because if Elon Musk really was going to be bringing free speech back to the platform, shouldn't he be allowing everybody to be involved in that? Now, if we scroll down into this article, you can see here as to why Elon has made this decision, uh, basically referencing Alex and Sandy Hook, something that he's apologized for many a time and is being targeted with. I mean, he he's being hit with what? Almost, I think like a billion dollars in fees. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. They're just trying to shut the man down. They're trying to ruin his life because he had the audacity to question the official government narrative. And when he did get it wrong, he backtracked. He apologized. However, Elon says, my first child, firstborn child died in my arms. I felt his last heartbeat. I have no mercy for anyone who would use the deaths of children for gain, politics or fame, to which I would respond that Elon's a very smart man. And if this is his viewpoint on Alex Jones, then I guess he's not as smart as I thought. And I guess he wasn't as inquisitive as I thought he was, because more than anybody, Elon Musk should be looking into the Alex Jones case and understanding what is actually happening with that. Sadly, he is allowing his feelings to take over and saying that Alex Jones is not going to be allowed on Twitter as of now. Maybe he will change his mind. I'm hoping so. Uh, we also have a lot of other accounts that are still yet to be restored because there's basically a graveyard of old accounts that were completely deleted and destroyed because of the liberal activist employees who are now out of Twitter because Elon Musk basically told them, hey, you have to do extremely hardcore work or get out. And the majority of them got out. I believe it was like 7,900 Twitter employees and there were about 50 of them or 50 engineers left that were running the entire platform. Everyone is freaking out saying that Twitter was going to shut down because Elon Musk fired all of these essential employees. And guess what? Twitter didn't shut down. But we did see quite the meltdowns from the left wing. CBS News suspended their Twitter activity due to uncertainty under Elon Musk's leadership. 
They put out this tweet that says CBS News and its owned and operated stations are pausing activity on Twitter, blaming uncertainty on the platform. And of course, a couple, I don't even know if they lasted a day, maybe a day later, a couple hours later. I'm not sure of the timeline because I was still deleted at this point. But fairly soon after they made this announcement, they tweeted out after pausing for much of the weekend to assess the security concerns, CBS News and Stations is resuming its activity on Twitter as we continue to monitor the situation. To which Elon Musk responded with this meme that said, our love will never die. And it's... uh looks like a scene from Brokeback Mountain. And then, of course, it's Elon and Twitter and then CBS News. Just like, why can't I quit you? So Elon, master troll. It's absolutely hilarious to see him uh, decimating the left-wing crybaby liberals who absolutely cannot handle the fact that um, Elon Musk is in charge and he's uh, making, you know, the issue of child sexual exploitation Twitter's number one priority. Now, Elon has been the owner of Twitter for, I would say, what, a couple of weeks now, and he's already cracked down on child sexual exploitation on the platform. Eliza Blue is one of the people that has been following this. She tweeted this out, and this was on November 19th. Sorry, we're a little bit behind, guys. Uh, wow, the most popular hashtag used to sell child sexual abuse material on Twitter is almost completely cleaned out. She says, of course, she doesn't want to share that hashtag. Um, However, the three biggest hashtags used by child abusers selling child sexual abuse material on Twitter have been virtually eliminated. She shares this is huge. Um, and that was her correction after saying that it was the one biggest. Now she's saying the three biggest. So Elon Musk listening to the people, maybe if we rally enough, we can get Alex Jones reinstated back on the platform and change Elon Musk's mind. Uh, but he has put all of the right things at the forefront of his takeover of Twitter, stopping the selling of child child sexual abuse material on the platform, um, stopping the stifling of free speech of journalists such as myself who were banned for no reason. And of course, too, we have Twitter fact-checking the Biden White House. We had fact-checks galore over the past couple of years under liberal Twitter, and the fact-checks would literally be like, yeah, Joe Biden did say this, but he didn't mean it. So even though there is a video of Joe Biden saying inflation isn't that bad, even though we're at a 40 year historic high, he didn't really mean it in that way because inflation just means something entirely different, as does recession, because we went ahead and redefined that for everybody. So the White House now getting actually fact-checked for real. Uh, they tweeted out the Biden-Harris administration lowered the deficit with the single largest one-year reduction in American history. They were fact-checked saying COVID-driven deficits in both the fiscal year of 2020 and 2021 were roughly double the previous record, making the drop to Fiscal year 2022 sizable, but the fiscal year 2022 deficit is still the fourth largest in history and is 41% larger than the fiscal year of 2019. So there you guys go. The Biden administration being brutally fact-checked, which we absolutely love to see. And, uh, you know, this Twitter celebration has been great. I'm super excited to be back on. You guys can keep up with me at the link down below. But now let's get into the real news and what's actually happening nationwide, starting off with Thanksgiving, because that's happening this week. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody listening to the show uh, from the post-millennial, sadly, Thanksgiving under Joe Biden's administration might be a little more scarce. 
Americans brace for highest Thanksgiving gas prices ever. The nationwide average cost at the pump is projected to hit $3.68 per gallon on Thursday, November 24th, as millions of Americans load up their vehicles and make the drive to feast with their families. So uh, this article talking about the direct correlation of the Biden administration, high gas prices for Thanksgiving. And what do you think comes along with people having to spend more money on Thanksgiving this year, on gas prices this year, because of Joe Biden's direct decision in regards to how he decided to run our economy, it means people are not going to be able to enjoy things as much as they used to. Uh, This comes from money.com. Inflation's impact on the holiday season, high spending and fewer gifts. This year, Americans plan to spend about the same amount on holiday shopping as in 2021, but they expect to buy fewer gifts thanks to, that's right, my friends, inflation. That thing that Joe Biden said wasn't that big of a deal that this entire administration has been trying to play down and kind of brush to the side because everything's kind of expensive, but they really don't want to own up to it because why would the president of the United States own up to a crashing economy, high gas prices, empty grocery store shelves, the United States being a national laughing stock, us funding a warmonger in Ukraine that is trying to escalate tensions and get us into World War III and have us continue funding funding that. Why would Joe Biden ever take responsibility for any of that? That sounds horrible. From the Gateway Pundit, let's keep going. Justice Department asks Supreme Court to intervene and lift block on Biden's student loan bailout plan. Now, I reported to, this to you guys um, a couple of shows back how Biden's student loan plan has been halted. It's been stopped because we had federal judges come forth and say, yeah, homie, that's illegal. How about we don't force... Uh, American taxpayers who maybe didn't have the opportunity to go to college or maybe paid their student loan debt off pay for the liberal arts degree of somebody who decided willingly on their own with their own adult brain to get $200,000 in debt. Yeah, how about we don't force Americans to do that? So uh, the reason I'm bringing this up too is just to again highlight what Joe Biden's focus has been on and what this administration is focusing in on as a priority. So again, the student loan bailout plan, which Democrats did a great job of lying to their voting base, to Gen Z about, and then they reelected a bunch of Democrat politicians. And as soon as the midterms were over, it was like, oh yeah, by the way, that's kind of illegal. We can't do that. Whoopsie, sorry. Our bad guys. Thanks for voting us in. So I wanted to to highlight this because Corinne Jean-Pierre, the worst press secretary other than Jen Psaki, you know, at least Jen Psaki would say, let's circle back to that. Karine G. Pierre just gets flustered and has no idea what to do and has started snapping at people because she clearly cannot handle the pressure. And I genuinely don't think that she's well-informed enough to even be the press secretary. She does not go know what's going on. She was a diversity hire who got the job because she was a black lesbian. I'm just being honest with you guys here. I'm sorry. As a minority myself, I don't even like the label who has worked to get to where I'm at in my career. It deeply saddens me to see people like this at the higher positions in our country. Listen. Look, I will say this, and I've said this many times before, we do not politicize the Department of Justice. That is something that the president said. So 
Corinne Jean-Pierre coming forth and saying that we do not politicize the Department of Justice. Meanwhile, here is Joe Biden utilizing the Department of Justice to try to lift the block on his student loan bailout plan, which was deemed illegal. Now, this comes from Reuters. Biden's plan was contested by six states who argued it skirted congressional authority and threatened future state revenues. A federal judge dismissed their case for lacking legal standing, though St. Louis, Missouri-based Eighth Circuit's November 14th ruling blocked the program, while the states appeal the judge's decision. The Justice Department, in a filing, has now asked the high court to vacate that decision, saying it leaves millions of economically vulnerable borrowers in limbo. So there we are, utilizing the Justice Department to pass I guess it's not technically illegal. No, it is illegal to skirt the congressional authority and for Joe Biden to just push through this executive order and then again, force us to pay for something that we didn't agree to, but whatever. I guess that's just the government. If I'm wrong on this one, please let me know in the chat. Like I told you guys, I'm learning as I go with my show. So uh, yeah, let me know what you guys think down below. Uh, but basically going back to the politicization politicization, I hate that word, I can never say it correctly, of our Justice Department. Donald Trump announced his run. The night he announced was the last time we did the show, so I gave you guys a live update on that. And as soon as he announced his run, our non-politicized Department of Justice said that it is in the public interest to appoint a special counsel, and Merrick Garland has announced that Jack Smith is going to be the special counsel agent against President Trump three days after he announced his bid for president in 2024. So there you go. You had the press secretary saying that the Department of Justice is not utilized or politicized at all. Um, but also, yes, Donald Trump announced his run, and we immediately utilized them to go after him because uh, he's actually a great political opponent. Joe Biden cannot hold a candle to him, as we all know, because he has dementia and can barely read off of a teleprompter, which is basically the easiest thing to do. It's like taking an open book test. The answer is right in front of you. Joe Biden literally cannot read off of a screen. That's the leader of the United States. So they have to get the DOJ to go uh, take down Donald Trump and come up with some more fake BS claims as to why he uh, should never be allowed to run for president again. Now, we've also been talking about who is going to be the House Speaker now that Republicans have taken over and we have enough congressional seats to elect the Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy is one of those nominees. The GOP actually did nominate him for Speaker of the House. And many people are very upset, myself included, think that he's the wrong candidate, that he's too soft to be in this position. However, Marjorie Taylor Greene has been an advocate for him and has said that she's talked to Kevin McCarthy and that there will be no funding for the latest special counsel investigation of Trump. So those are some of the updates from Marjorie Taylor Greene. She is trying to unify everybody around Kevin McCarthy so they can get him in as House Speaker. I don't like him. I think that he's been weak on a lot of his policy. He's already come out and said that, no, we will not impeach Joe Biden, despite the fact that unlike Donald Trump, Joe Biden can be impeached for multiple, uh, not even offenses at this point. Like homeboy is not even mentally coherent. I think we could impeach him just on that basis. But here we are. Now, after the GOP took the House, they decided to turn their focus to Hunter Biden's business dealings. And they're going to be focusing in on, again, Hunter and his ties to his father. 
From the Hill, House Republicans fresh off security, securing a majority immediately turned their attention to probes into the foreign business dealings of President Biden's son, Hunter Biden, and brother James Biden. The ultimate goal of the probes is to question whether the president is compromised by foreign governments as the GOP shifts its focus from a disappointing midterm to oversight and the 2024 presidential race. Uh, this comes from James Comer, who says, we will evaluate the status of Joe Biden's relationship with his family's foreign partners and whether he is a president who was compromised or swayed by foreign dollars and influence. Joe Biden? Foreign influence? Hmm. Unheard of. He would never. But you know what is interesting? Our mainstream media, in a shocking turn of events, has decided that Hunter Biden's laptop is legitimate. From the New York Post, CBS confirms Hunter Biden's laptop is real. 769 days after the Post broke the story. So, my friends, it's been almost two years. And now that Republicans have taken over the House and they're actually going to investigate corrupt Hunter Biden, the media is now saying, oh, yeah, by the way, his crackhead laptop. Uh, yeah, that was legit. <laughs> so the media trying to save face, that's all they're doing right here. Um, because they've been lying to you for the past, I don't even know how many years at this point. Say six solidly. Actually, probably since the inception of the media, they've been lying to you. But hardcore, we've seen it for over the past six years since President Donald Trump had gotten into office. So an absolute joke that CBS even decided to report on this because they're over two years late, but whatever. Now, the White House has since pushed back on Republicans because they're tired of Republicans stoking so much terrorism into the modern day, right? Into every everyone's every single day life. Remember that it was Republicans' fault that... Um, Paul Pelosi, husband of Nancy Pelosi, was attacked by a liberal nudist hippie who lived in a compound with a weed gay flag outside of it and a Black Lives Matter sign. It's Republicans' fault that a psychopathic liberal individual went and committed a crime in San Francisco that Paul Pelosi was the target of. And when NBC reported the truth about that story, because, by the way, the police body cam footage did come out and it shows Paul Pelosi opening the door to police and then walking back towards his attacker, whatever. Uh, remember, NBC News fired their reporter for accidentally reporting the truth. Now, the White House has said that it is Republicans to blame for everything that is happening. There was a shooting in Colorado. Apparently, it was Republicans' fault. Paul Pelosi gets attacked by a liberal. It is Republicans' fault. Uh, you know, people are mean to Joe Biden. Joe Biden sniffs the kid. It's somehow Republicans' fault. A anything and everything under the sun is our fault. The, the crashing economy is our fault. Remember how they love to say, oh, well, Joe Biden, the reason why the economy crashed so hard is because he had to inherit Trump's mess. So technically, he is just doing what he can. Yes, the economy was flourishing under Donald Trump, but that was because of Obama, because Obama fortified the economy. And so for the entirety of the four years that Donald Trump was in office, he was just riding the coattails of that. And then, uh, you know, Joe Biden got in and then he had to deal with the backlash of Trump's economy, despite it being great for four years. That's how economies work. Anyways, 
So the White House now having to push back and say that the GOP is spreading conspiracy theories by investigating the Bidens, because not only is our DOJ not politicized, even though three days after Donald Trump announced his run, they targeted him with another special counsel BS investigation. Keep in mind, I believe the January 6th committee is still a thing. Yeah. But our Department of Justice is not politicized. So the post-millennial, again, White House says GOP is spreading conspiracy theories by investigating the Bidens because, of course, the Bidens do not want to be investigated. The corruption that runs through this family is deep, okay? You want to talk about Ashley Biden's diary. You want to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. You want to talk about Hunter Biden's uh, business dealings in Ukraine with Burisma. There's so much to choose from. There really is. There's too much. So um, apparently it's now conspiracy theory for... Republicans to be investigating Joe Biden, uh, despite the fact that Democrats were allowed to spread literal conspiracy theories about Donald Trump colluding with Russians for four years. They impeached him twice over this nonsense. Actually, I think the first impeachment was for Russia. The second impeachment was it had something to do with Ukraine. I don't know. I didn't even keep up with the second one because at that point I was just like, this is ridiculous and it's based off of a lie. Like, I don't even want to follow this anymore. But now that the tables have turned and we are investigating actual corruption, it's a conspiracy theory. Just welcome to 2022. Conspiracy theory is just anything that the media and our corrupt government doesn't want you focusing in on. Uh, by the way, uh, apparently uh, Jacob Chansley has been sentenced to 41 months in prison and this this tweet says for taking selfies on the Senate floor, which he did walk into the Senate floor and he's on video being like, hey, guys, like very peacefully, you know, the security guards in um, the building were like, hey, this is the most sacred area. Please don't mess anything up. Please just everyone be calm. And they were like, yeah, cool, for sure, dude. Um, so he was just sentenced to 41 months in prison. Uh, the fact check on here says that um, Jacob Chansley was not sentenced for taking selfies. Chansley pleaded guilty to obstructing an official proceeding. Yes, he was let into the building by the Capitol Police officers and um, peacefully walked through the building. And now he's going to jail for 41 months. Truly incredible. And then you have Black Lives Matter domestic terrorists who firebombed police cars sentenced to just 15 months in prison by Joe Biden's Department of Justice. That's not politicized. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just having to keep repeating that for you guys uh, because, again, it's not politicized. Here's that article from the post-millennial lawyer who firebombed NYPD cruiser sentenced to 15 months after Biden administration intervenes. The lawyer who made headlines when she firebombed an NYPD cruiser during the 2020 George Floyd riots on Friday was sentenced to just 15 months in prison after the Biden administration pressed the court to go below the guidelines that recommended 10 years for such a crime. So uh, there you guys go. The Biden administration continues to prioritize criminals in this country and uh, allows the American citizens who were peacefully having their voices heard on January 6th because the majority of them were. I was there. I would know. But guess what? The footage I posted on Instagram of them being peaceful has since been deleted and all of the videos showing them being violent are still up on my account. Keep in mind those peaceful videos Instagram took down because I was promoting violence. All of the videos with actual violence are still up.
But yeah, big tech is not in charge of, you know, rewriting our reality or the narrative or history. It's fine. Now, I want to highlight for you guys the dangers that come alongside the real politicization. I'm not even going to try to say that word anymore. Whatever. You guys know what I'm trying to say. Our DOJ being politicized. Now, what Kanye West is currently going through, love him or hate him, agree with him or not, what he is going through is what every single American will be going through if we continue to allow the government to encroach on our rights and freedoms. Now, the reason why I am celebrating Twitter and free speech being allowed on that platform is because narratives have been shaped on this platform. People have voted based off of the information that they've seen on this platform. Those votes have translated into real world change for better or for worse. So it is a good thing that Elon is allowing both sides to be heard because the government was getting out of hand and then big tech was working alongside them to silence the truth about what was going on. Remember that back in 2020, the New York Post story about Hunter Biden's laptop was silenced right before the presidential election because the FBI asked Facebook to monitor misinformation. Remember that The Intercept just came out with that article exposing big tech after Elon Musk came out with the receipts and was like, uh, hey, uh, why was Vijaya Gaday, the former executive at Twitter, colluding with the government to silence stories from journalists who were trying to expose government corruption? Hmm, that doesn't seem good. Now, this is where we could all be headed if we do not get our government under control. This is Kanye West today. I went from being a multi-billionaire to not being able to use my Apple Pay. Four nights ago, I couldn't use my Apple Pay because somehow Adidas was able to legally go in and freeze my money. And when I see this, I think, well, if this could happen to me, this could happen to other Americans. And for what? You know, this can happen to an American that didn't even steal anything, that didn't even hurt anyone. This could just happen to you for saying the wrong idea out loud, for expressing yourself. So that is exactly right. And this has happened to multiple other people as well who have been kicked out of their bank accounts. Their PayPal's have been shut down. Don't forget that the Freedom Convoy in Canada had set up a PayPal and they had, I want to say it was either millions or close to millions of dollars that people had donated. I want to say it was millions off the top of my head. And PayPal shut them down. PayPal said, sorry, you can't access your funds. Oh, yeah, people wanted to help you guys out because uh, you're protesting for your rights and freedoms against tyrannical Trudeau, who's trying to label you guys as domestic terrorists and shut down your bank accounts for protesting his tyranny. Yeah, sorry, PayPal is going to go ahead and work in collusion with that government to shut you guys down and make sure that you can't have access to your funds. I also know people who have been kicked out of banks like Kanye West, JP Morgan kicked them out, kicked him out of their bank because he was anti-Semitic by saying that Jews run banks and then he lost his bank account the next day. The jokes write themselves, people. Anyway, so Kanye West going through what any American can be going through if the government is allowed to encroach on our rights and freedoms more than they already have been allowed to. Now, one of the day, the ways that governments do that is by taking away our guns because an unarmed population is a population that can cannot defend itself, which is why we continue to see Joe Biden calling to ban assault weapons. Now, this was following the shooting at the Colorado Springs LGBTQ club. Uh, this happened last week, I believe. 
Yes. Or over the weekend, uh, five people were killed. 19 others were injured. It was two men. Uh, actually, one was a veteran that took down this shooter and saved people's lives. Joe Biden immediately coming out and calling for a ban on assault weapons, to which I would respond, what is an assault weapon? Because people try to say it's an AR-15, but the majority of gun deaths are committed with handguns. And if you really want to look into how, let's say, the UK, for example, handled their ban on assault weapons, people couldn't even use their butter knives or scissors. Because guess what? When push comes to shove, if you want to kill somebody, you can find multiple ways to do it. A car can be an assault weapon. Your hands can be an assault weapon. This phone can be an assault weapon. Anything can be an assault weapon. So when Joe Biden comes out with this type of rhetoric, it's absolutely ridiculous. And understand the underlying message that he is trying to portray. The government wants to disarm you so that they're the only ones that have the power and the control. The American people, the reason why we did not turn into New Zealand or Canada or Australia during the COVID-19 lockdowns, because let, let, let me remind you that the cops were coming to American businesses and arresting them for having the audacity to want to pay their bills. American police officers were trying to arrest people for not wearing a face mask. We did have people in our society calling for the unvaccinated to be arrested and excommunicated from civil society because we didn't want to take an experimental vaccination. We did not turn into these other countries and we did not have police pepper spraying us and sicking their dogs on us here in the United States as badly as New Zealand, Australia, and Canada because we have our second amendment, because we have guns, because the government knows there is only so much they can do to an armed population. And need I remind you that the government does not care about your health. They do not care about your safety. They do not care about your freedom. They care about enslaving you, making you subservient, keeping you dumbed down and keeping you a good government slave that is going to listen to anything that they say, no matter how ridiculous it sounds. And the last two years were the best example of that. So understand what Joe Biden is saying when he calls for an assault weapons ban. He wants to enslave you even easier. So let's just all be smart enough to say no to that. And also, too, because it's so sad to me that every single time there is a shooting at an elementary school specifically where children are targeted and killed, that the immediate response from the left is we need to create a gun-free zone. That is the dumbest thinking I've ever heard in my life. Where do you think a mass shooter is going to go? He's going to go to a place where he can kill as many people as possible AKA a gun-free zone because nobody can protect themselves. And if you want to say, well, the police will have guns. Look what happened in Uvalde when the police had guns and the people did not. Their children are brutally murdered and shot to death. So no, I don't trust our government with guns for more reasons than one. Now, Lori Lightfoot, who is <laughs> the leader of Chirac, <clears throat> I mean Chicago, takes aim at Colorado Springs violence despite Chicago's skyrocketing homicide rate. Now, people are getting shot and killed every single weekend in Chicago, but Lori Lightfoot, because she's a Democrat, loves to politicize, loves to try to do what she can to take away your rights and freedoms via any shooting, except for the ones happening in her city every single week. 
Chicago Democrat Mayor Lori Lightfoot was slammed on social media for a tone-deaf tweet that condemned the murder Sunday morning at a nightclub in Colorado Springs, but failed repeatedly to do anything about the ongoing shootings in her own city. I'm sick of this, SHIT. How many people need to be murdered? How many lives turn apart? Until it actually stops, we don't have to live like this, and we don't have to die like this. Shut up, Lori Lightfoot. Shut up. You're a tyrant, and... Let's not forget your response to COVID-19. She straight up told people, you need to stay home. If you don't stay home, we will force you to. I'm going to go find all these videos. I feel like I need to do a COVID special so we can all continuously remember, because the average person has the memory of a goldfish, what these tyrannical leaders did to us over the past two years and why they really want to take away your guns. So to Lori Lightfoot, you can shut your mouth because you don't actually care about any Americans' lives. Because if you did, you would be working to make Chicago safer for your constituents. But no, all you care about is getting viral tweets. All you care about is making stupid TikToks that everyone's roasting because you think you're a cool and good leader, but you're not. You're pathetic. You're a failed leader, just like every other Democrat in this damn country. And you should be ashamed of yourself. Let's move on. So um, now that I am done... Taking Lori Lightfoot to task, we have Matt Walsh uh, weighing in as well because, of course, the left wing had to jump on this shooting and say that the LGBTQ gay club where this happened was targeted because of Republicans, because we do not like child mutilation surgery, because we do not want our children targeted by transgenderism and permanently altering their bodies and groomed by adults. It is now somehow our fault that there was a shooting at a gay nightclub. Matt Walsh says, leftists are using a mass shooting to try and blackmail us into accepting the castration and sexualization of children. These people are just beyond evil. I have never felt more motivated to oppose everything they stand for with every fiber of my being, despicable scumbags. He goes on to say people die and the first thing they think is, yes, we can use this as ammo against conservatives who don't think children should be exposed to drag shows. So... There you guys go. Um, and this is what he's referring to. Uh, this is a Twitter liberal who says the man who led to the terrorization of a children's hospital and inspired yet another mass shooting is claiming to be a victim. Not even the simulation theorists could make this up. So there was a horrific shooting where people died. And the first thing the left did, just like they always do, is um, try to make it a political issue and try to push transgenderism on your children or try to push to get your freedoms and rights taken away. Because guess what? A criminal committed a horrific act. And the immediate response from the left is we need to take away the guns from law abiding citizens who have never committed a crime in their life genuinely just have their guns so they can protect themselves from the elaborate rabid liberals that were allowed to run rampant through the entirety of 2020. You know, the reason I bought a gun was because of the riots in 2020, because I was scared that my apartment was going to maybe be targeted or I was going to be targeted because I was getting beat up by Antifa in the streets at that point. They were doxing. Well, they tried to dox me. They were stalking me. So I got a gun so I could protect myself. But yes, let's go ahead and take guns away from young women like myself so we can't protect ourselves. That's a great idea. Good job, leftists. You know, I have a video as well. Um, this is on my Twitter. You guys should go watch it. I went to UT or the videos on my YouTube and I asked students, hey, explain white privilege to me. And one student said she was a black, queer, passing, female, presenting person she said the reason that white privilege exists, an, ex an example of it, is that when she walks down the street at night, she doesn't feel safe, but a, a white man apparently does. And I immediately wanted to respond with, do you think you'd feel safe if you had a gun? I know I do. 
So it's so funny to me how the simple fix to her being scared to walk down the street, which, by the way, the reason she is is because of people like Jesse Smollett pushing fake hoax hate crimes. That's a whole different issue. But if she's really scared to walk down the street, then she should arm herself and take power away from the criminals that are running rampant in a lot of these Democrat-run cities. But no, her response is, I'm going to give up my gun and then I'm going to blame white men for a problem that I have contributed to by not utilizing my own free freedom of, you know, two-way. Great job to the liberals. Now let's talk about Ukraine, because to be quite honest with you guys, now that I am done highlighting the problems here in the United States, I would like to highlight what's going on abroad because it still does directly tie to the United States. Now, first things first, I am so tired of hearing about Zelensky. He is addicted to the billions of dollars that we continue to send to him and the limelight, to be quite honest with you. Don't forget his Vogue cover shoot. Uh, don't forget the Oscar that Sean Penn just gave to him and all of the events and all of the nonsensical things that he's been doing. If his country was truly a war-torn zone and he was working on, you know, saving his people, I don't think he would have time for all of these photo ops and photo shoots and the limelight like he currently does. But that's none of my business. My business is that we're funding it with my damn taxpayer dollars, and I'm tired of that. For example, dis disbursement of $4.5 billion in U.S. aid for Ukraine to begin in coming weeks, Janet Yellen says. Oh, Janet Yellen, we despise you, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Now, the funds which were approved in September as part of the stopgap government funding bill were aimed at bolstering economic stability and supporting core government services, Yellen said in a statement, of adding that other donors should increase and accelerate their assistance to Ukraine as it defends against Russia's invasion. So $4.5 of our hard-earned taxpayer dollars go into you corrupt Ukraine. Oh, by the way, too, just wanted to throw this headline in here since we're talking about wasted taxpayer dollars from the New York Post. Biden's frequent dollar trips have cost taxpayers at least $11 million. Keep in mind that this president has been on vacation more than most, and that's cost us $11 million. Super fun. Back to Ukraine. Now, one of the reasons I'm tired of Zelensky is because he's a liar at this point. Now, there was a missile strike, and these missiles made their way to Poland and killed two people. and. The American media immediately said it was Russia. And then Zelensky immediately said it was Russia with no proof, no corroboration, just went ahead and blamed Russia and said that they targeted a uh, NATO member and that World War III should start. From the Daily Mail, stray missile that killed two in Poland is highly likely to have been fired by Ukraine. Western leaders admit easing fears of World War III escal escalation but the blame still lies with Putin, whose rocket blitz sparked air defense misfire. Yes, um, despite these missiles potentially coming from Ukraine, despite Russia not being a part of this, it is still Russia's fault. Now, Zelensky, again, like I said, immediately came forth and accused Russia, which was absolutely disgusting to me. Because keep in mind that this is the same man who previously said that NATO should preemptively strike Russia. He's a freaking warmonger. He wants us to get into World War III because the United States continues to fund it. Because he is getting so much attention. If he truly cared about the Ukrainian people, he would be trying to broker a peace deal with Russia. But no, he would rather sacrifice his own people for his 15 minutes of fame and the billions of dollars that continue to flood into his country. It's disgusting to me. 
Now, uh, this is also NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg saying that there was no indication that a missile that landed inside Poland killing two people on Tuesday was the result of a deliberate attack by Russia. And we have no indication that Russia is planning offensive military actions against NATO allies. However, he still says, I think this demonstrates the dangers connected to the ongoing war in Ukraine. And um, where's the point, the portion that I'm looking at here? Right there. Russia bears the responsibility of what happened in Poland yesterday because it was a direct result of the ongoing Russian attacks in Ukraine. So even when it's not Russia's fault, it's still Russia's fault. And keep in mind, too, um, and you guys can't go watch this video here on YouTube. You can on my Rumble link down below. At the beginning of Russia encroaching on Ukraine's borders, there was a lot of stories coming out about U.S.-funded biolabs on the border of Ukraine near Russia. A lot of people were saying Russia was not happy because they were concerned that the United States had biological weapons on the border of Ukraine. They were Russia was concerned that NATO was encroaching on their borders. Now, I reported on that, and there was a Forbes article that was actually written about this. So... I mean, I don't know about you. Forbes seems pretty credible to me. They even reported on this story. My video, because it had not hit mainstream news yet, was deleted. So if you want to know, because maybe you haven't been keeping up with the news cycle, how did we get into this position between Russia and Ukraine? Is Russia just a horrible country that decided to take over Ukraine because we have a weak president in office and uh, they decided, okay, yeah, we can do whatever we want because Joe Biden uh, can barely stand up on his own and he's not going to push back. Maybe, maybe they had that mindset or maybe it was the uh, US funded biolabs on the border in Ukraine. I don't know. There's a multitude of reasons and guess what? You can't even garner or gain the access to that information because unfortunately Unfortunately, here on YouTube, truth is still silenced. Here's hoping this show is still up tomorrow. Now, the AP, supposed to be our notable breaking news source here in the United States, uh, you know, very, very much credentialed here, very much looked looked up to as the, the highest form of journalism, very credible. They uh, had to fire their reporter after the erroneous story on the Russia attack. Now, they initially, so this happened on November 15th. Again, guys, sorry, I'm a bit late here. The November 15th explosion in a Polish village near the border with Ukraine killed two people and triggered global anxieties. Hours later, the Associated Press issued a news alert stating that an unnamed senior U.S. intelligence official says Russian missiles crossed into NATO, NATO member Poland, killing two people. That information was apparently incorrect. Officials in Poland and the European Union later said they believed a single missile fire fired by Ukrainian forces had gone off course and landed over the border in Poland. But the damage was done, and that initial AP alert was sent to thousands of news outlets around the world, suggested a dire new escalation of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, that Poland, a NATO member, was attacked. So um, good job to the AP. They've since fired that reporter. But my question is, who is this senior American intelligence intelligence official who spoke on conditions of anonymity. Now, if you look back at the majority of wars that the United States has been involved in internationally, we are oftentimes lied into them by our own government. So who was the senior American intelligence official who spoke on condition of anonymity 
who almost sparked World War III. Why would an American intelligence official, maybe a part of the military-industrial complex, trying to uh, make money off of war because that is a very profitable business, my friends, why would they anonymously give this false information trying to blame Russia of attacking NATO member Poland? Why would, why would somebody do such a thing? Why would the United States try to get us into another war? We would never. Our government would never. Now, going back to Zelensky, if you were listening to me for the first time, I was being facetious with all of that. You guys should go look into how we got into the Vietnam War, how we got into the Iraq War, how we got into... You know, you can even look at government experiments, too. I actually did a video. It's on my YouTube channel. It's called Government Lies and Horror Stories Exposed. And I go over the Tuskegee Experiment, MK Ultra, Vietnam, the prohibition poisonings, because during the prohibition, our government actually killed upwards of 10,000 people by poisoning alcohol, um, denatured alcohol they knew was going to be redistributed to the American public. Yeah. Our government poisoned that alcohol because they were trying to deter people from illegally drinking. And then it killed 10,000 people. That's our government for you. They will literally murder its own citizens in an attempt to get us to obey them. Let's not forget about, too, um, Operation Northwoods. Have you guys ever heard about that one? That's how our government was trying to potentially stage false flags to get us into a war with Cuba. If you never heard about that one, you should look into it. So you can understand why we are now seeing stories out of the AP about an anonymous American intelligence official lying about uh, Russia and trying to escalate tensions. And again, too, Zelensky should be absolutely ashamed of himself that without any evidence, he immediately blamed Russia. Uh, I previously said it already, but I'm going to highlight again that this is the same Zelensky that called for NATO to launch preemptive strikes in Russia. One of his spokespeople was forced to clarify and say, well, he just meant sanctions. He didn't mean like a nuclear strike or anything. But I played that video of Zelensky. And you know what? I'm actually going to have to go back and watch it again. Because if preemptive strikes were the exact word that he used, what else could anybody, you know, think that means? I'm actually, I'm going to bring that video in next show. So we can hear from Zelensky's own mouth, the leader of Ukraine who should be de-escalating the situation, calling for NATO to strike Russia. And then the U.S. is just funding all of it. Joe Biden has tweeted repeatedly that we will stand with Ukraine no matter what. We have already sent over $18.2 billion to Ukraine, and we have that extra four bill on the way. And let me remind you, too, that Ukraine was partnered with FTX, a top Democratic donor. From the post-millennial, Ukraine partnered with top Dem donors crypto company FTX as Biden admin funded the war effort. And then the CEO of Crater and Crypto from FTX was, again, that second largest donor behind George Soros. You can't make this up, my friends. You can't make this up. Now, the media... Speaking of FTX, I did want to bring this up as well. This comes from Forbes. Caroline Ellison was a CEO of Alameda Research, which 
worked alongside FTX. They were all connected. She formerly uh, was alleged to have dated Sam Bankman-Fried as well. Forbes, because this is the American media, has declared that she is the new darling of the alt-right. So FTX, the second largest donor to Democrats, that was working with Ukraine, the people involved in that gigantic scam, by the way, they were doing really weird sex stuff and orgies and harems behind the scenes. Yeah, that sounds really alt-right-ish. Sounds like exactly what an alt-right person would do. Apparently, Alameda Research CEO Caroline Ellison, who is a math whiz, who loves Harry Potter and taking big risks, is a new darling of the alt-right. This is the actual tweet from Forbes, and I wanted to bring this in to highlight to you guys the reality of our American media. Now, the reason why they're putting out these puff pieces about the FTX-involved uh, persons is because they're as liberal and as democratic as you get, right? All of the pieces came out. I just read you guys the headlines. I went into it a little bit more in depth last show about how involved they were with Ukraine, with the Democratic Party, with maybe helping with some money laundering. They completely imploded. And now our media is running cover and trying to say, oh, like that's just the alt-right for you. Silly alt-right. Love them. They're just so crazy. They're just, there's too much. Uh, darling of the alt-right. It's a freaking joke. Now, I found this tweet and I thought it was very interesting going back to our reporting on Russia and Ukraine, just to show you guys how disgusting our own media is. They are so intent on getting clicks and in escalating the situation and on being Zelensky stands so much so that they are willing to lie about everything and anything under the sun. I found this tweet thread. Um, this comes from John Miller, who apparently is Iran state-affiliated media. He said, I had a fascinating interview with Mariana Vishimirsky today in Donbass. She was made famous by the pic of her pregnant in a Maripol hospital during Russia's assault on the city. Her story has been kicked around like a propaganda football ever since. It's a fascinating story. So here she is. She's pregnant. Her face is bloody. Uh, there she is with her baby. Uh, you know, you see these photos. Of, they're going to, of course, evoke a very emotional response from the reader, from the viewer. Look how horrible Russia is. This woman is pregnant. She's being, a, she's having to deal with airstrikes from evil, evil Russia. Let's, let's, let's read the story. After the photo went viral, she told Western reporters that she didn't want to do interviews, especially as she had just given birth, but they said she needed to comment. She said they left out the part of what she said and misrepresented her. The Russians then accused her of being a staged actor, but she wasn't. The photos were genuine. The Russians certainly got that wrong. But she criticized the Western reporters for not writing what she said, specifically that it wasn't a Russian airstrike. She voiced no criticism to of the Russian army and only criticized the Ukrainians for bombing civilians in Donbass for eight years, where she is from and lived until 2019. Although she is quick to say she has nothing against the Ukrainian people, she was also critical of the Ukrainian government before Russia's invasion, of authorities implementing a law that all service staff had to speak Ukrainian and that Russian was banned from being taught in schools. She said everyone in Marpol spoke Russian. Strange to think that the woman in this picture does not hate Russia or blame them for the war, yet millions of people in the West were inspired to hate Russia due to her picture. 
She says the New York Times contacted her and asked her questions, said a correspondent would contact her again, but they never did. Did they not like what she had to say? Is if, it, if she was critical of Russia, would they have run the story? And then the BBC ran a story about her saying that the Russians were using her for propaganda, which is true. But Western media was also using her for propaganda, misrepresenting her and leaving out her inconvenient general support for Russia over Ukraine. So there is the reality of Western media. There is the reality of how deep our propaganda goes. This woman highlighting the realities of why she didn't like her own government, the Ukrainian government, and the realities of what it is like for Russians that were living in Ukraine, because that has been a big part of this as well. Elon Musk himself tried to put out that Twitter poll and say, hey, maybe we should let the Ukrainian people in these certain regions decide if they want to be part of Russia or if they want to be a part of Ukraine, because a lot of people were saying that the people living in these um, different territories that were a part of Ukraine were Russian and they wanted to be a part of Russia and that the Ukrainian government was saying, that they couldn't speak Russian, they were killing Russians, they were targeting Russians, and the people there were un being targeted by and attacked by the Ukrainian government. But yeah, you don't ever hear those stories. No, you just see all the Zelensky stands with the Ukrainian flag in the bar their bio pushing for World War III as we continue to fund it. So I just had to get all of that off my chest because I'm so damn tired of hearing about Zelensky being this hero. He's not. He's a corrupt leader. And if he genuinely cared about his people, he wouldn't be trying any chance he gets to escalate tensions with Russia and get NATO to strike them. Now, let's go ahead and get into some updates as well about COVID-19. The latest update, we're bringing it back home now. We're done with the international news for now. The FDA said that they never told people not to take ivermectin for COVID-19, and it was just a recommendation. However, still on the FDA's website is this article. I was reading it today, fda.gov, why you should not use ivermectin to treat or prevent COVID-19. Now, I am not a doctor, so I am going to read from doctors who say that the FDA misled the public about ivermectin and should be accountable in court. This comes from the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. Now, they said that the FDA has improperly exploited misunderstandings about the legality and prevalence of off-label uses of medication in order to mislead courts, state medical boards, and the public into thinking there is anything improper about off-label prescribing. Not only is off-label prescribing fully proper, legal, and commonplace, but it is also absolutely necessary in order to give effective care to patients. Yet the FDA published multiple statements and sent letters to influential organizations to falsely disparage ivermectin, implying that it was not approved for treating COVID-19. Many, including courts and state medical boards, were misled by the FDA into thinking that its lack of approval for this treatment meant that ivermectin should not be used to treat COVID-19. They go on to say that it has never been proper for the FDA to interfere with the essential part of the practice of medicine, and the FDA knows it. AAPS informed the court. The FDA insisted and continues to insist on interfering with the prescription of this safe medication by physicians in treating COVID-19, AAPS said. So I'm not a doctor, but doctors and surgeons coming forward, not very happy with the FDA's recommendation which, yeah, did not seem like a recommendation. I distinctly remember the videos of people going to their pharmacies and trying to get ivermectin with prescriptions that they did have and their pharmacists denying them because they said it was not an FDA-approved medication. Just reporting what happened. 
Now, I want to highlight what is currently going on in Canada because Canada is just tyranny central. Justin Trudeau, Castro Jr., as a lot of people like to call him, and he lives up to his nickname. In Canada, apparently unvaccinated uh, patients should be put on psychiatric medications. Listen to this clip, and then I'm going to go into the website um, of, I believe this was a university that was um, giving this guidance towards the unvaccinated. We're going to go to their website so we can listen to their own um, verbiage around this so we're not reporting fake news. Listen to the clip. So this has come out recently out of the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. The college sent out a, a letter or a memo to all the doctors in Ontario suggesting to them, now so far they're not mandating it, they're just suggesting it, that any of their unvaccinated patients that they should consider that they have a mental problem and that they should be put on psychiatric medication. So far, it's just a suggestion, but the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario should not be making these kinds of suggestions. This is extremely unethical, and this is a very, very slippery slope. Uh, if, if they're suggesting that people who wish to have bodily autonomy and, and don't want an experimental vaccine, that there may be something mentally wrong with them. That is a very, very dangerous, slippery slope that we're on. Okay, so there's that quote there of what is currently going on in Canada. And like this gentleman said, it is a recommendation. Um, however, if you go on to CPSO, which is, uh, I believe, I'm actually looking it up right now because I'm trying to make sure that I say this correctly. It's the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. If you actually go on to their website and you read the verbiage here, um, at the bottom, they say overall physicians have a responsibility to allow their patients to be properly informed about vaccines and not have those anxieties empowered by an exemption. So you don't want to get vaccinated. You have anxiety. Now we're putting you on psych meds. Interesting. Interesting recommendation there, my friends. Anyways, that's what's currently going on in Canada. And um, hopefully not making its way to the United States. But during the G20 summit, leaders including, um, you know, Joe Biden, he was there in attendance, have signed a declaration with state, which states that vaccine passports will be adopted to facilitate all international travel. This means any vaccination the World Health Organization determines you should have, changing your rights and freedoms forever. Um, and here is the exact the exact quote from paragraph 23 of the G20 Valley Leaders Declaration. We acknowledge the importance of shared technical standards and verification methods under the framework of IHR 2005 to facilitate seamless international travel. I'm not going to try to pronounce that word and recognizing digital solutions and non-digital solutions, including proof of vaccinations. So um, again, the leaders saying that they support efforts to strengthen prevention and response to future pandemics and that we should capitalize and build on the excess the success of the existing standards and digital COVID-19 certificates. And I believe it was the health minister of Indonesia as well that at that summit was like, yeah, we need a digital health passports for an, every, anyone that wants to move freely. If they don't have them, they can't move freely. And then um, this is just our reality. If you're a podcast listener, what is playing on screen is a terrifying little robot dog that is waiting on the side of the road. A masked person drives up scans their health passport, and then is allowed to proceed. I would rather not live in this type of future, thanks. And I would rather not get force injected by the government. Look at the Tuskegee experiment and what happened with that. Yeah, I don't trust the government, my dudes. 
Speaking of government, Los Angeles officials strongly recommending masks again as variants BQ1 and BQ1.1 near dominance and case rates soar. Now, if I was somebody who was scared of COVID and I was keeping up with all of these headlines, this would sound terrifying to me. But since I'm not, I didn't even hear about BQ1 and BQ1.1. What the hell is that? And Los Angeles officials now trying to remask people. Dr. Fauci was at the White House today trying to say the same thing, trying to say, you should get past that if you're going to go celebrate Thanksgiving with your family. Shut up, Dr. Fauci. You should be in jail. Why are you speaking? And, and I'm actually going to play you a clip because a young Daily Caller reporter, her name is Diana Globova. Good for her. She stood up to Karine uh, Jean-Pierre and was like, you know what? I'm going to try to ask Dr. Fauci about the COVID origins. This was our press secretary's response. We gotta move on. Go ahead, Alex. Alex. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. I did not call on you, Stephen. Go ahead, Alex. You're next. You're being disrespectful. No, good on this journalist for trying to actually get real answers from Dr. Fauci. But Corrine Jean-Pierre immediately has to come in and say that she's disrespectful and she's the problem because she has the audacity to try to find the truth out for the American citizens, as is her job. Shame on Corrine Jean-Pierre. And the reason she thinks this type of behavior is disrespectful is because... How dare you question the Biden administration? How dare you ask us truthful questions? Don't you know that we're all living in crazy land? I mean, we brought Dylan Mulvaney, a man dressed up as a pretend fake woman, to come speak to the president of the United States. Do you think that we're based in science and logic here? No. So how dare you be disrespectful enough to try to put us up on that platform of truth and hold us accountable? Disgusting. That's why Corrine Jean-Pierre acted the way that she did. And then you had Anthony Fauci saying that the real danger is in the people who have not been vaccinated. Shut up. Dr. Fauci, you need to be in jail. You suck and you genuinely did commit crimes against humanity. And I never want to hear from you again. I never want to see you again. And if anybody needs to be investigated, it's Dr. Fauci. Shame on him. And the fact that the White House brought him up in front of Americans to tell us how to get vaccinated again, you can take that vaccine and you can shove it where the sun don't shine. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Now, let's touch on the border a little bit here, uh, because as you guys know, our border is still currently wide open. Let me remind you of the numbers here in the fiscal year of 2021. We had 1.7 million illegal immigrants cross our border for the fiscal year of 2022. For the first time on record, we had over 2.7 million illegal immigrants cross our border. People have speculated that since Joe Biden has taken office, over 5 million illegal immigrants have crossed into the United States. And Corrine Jean-Pierre, because she has less than two brain cells, to be quite honest, with you. I apologize to you know people with two brain cells. You are smarter than Corrine Jean-Pierre. Instead of taking responsibility, she does what any diversity hire would do. Divert attention and divert blame onto somebody else, onto the white man who is allegedly the problem. Here she is asking what Kevin McCarthy, who is set to be potentially the new Speaker of the House, plans to do about the open borders. Listen. Um manage the flow of migrants from the so, border. So just a couple of things. Um, you know, I know I, I've heard that uh, uh, Mayorkas is, uh, pardon me, that um, Kevin McCarthy's at the border. Uh, and, and the question that we have for Kevin McCarthy, uh, who's soon to be, who's soon to be Speaker McCarthy, um, you know, what is, what is his plan? What is he doing uh, to help the situation that we're seeing? What, what is his plan? He goes down there and he does a political stunt like many Republicans do, that we have seen them do.
At least he's at the border, Kareen. Where's Kamala? And my favorite part about this clip, too, is that, yes, DHS head Alejandro Mayorkas, she had to correct herself, is not at the border. No, Kevin McCarthy is, of all people. I don't even like Kevin McCarthy. At least homeboy's at the border trying to highlight what's going on down there. And then she has the audacity to say, well, what is he going to do about the problem that we created? Yeah, sure, we could, uh, you know, enforce rule of law and uh, have record low illegal immigration like Donald Trump by enforcing our border policy, by allowing Border Patrol to do their jobs. But no, instead, we are going to ask him what he plans on doing about this problem that we we created. Now, one of the leaders, this is Italian leader, Giorgia Malani. I believe she is the new prime minister or president of Italy. Y'all have presidents, prime ministers over there in Italy. I'm still brushing up on my international politics. Emmanuel Macron of France, they've been fighting, right? They've been kind of doing this whole back and forth because Macron does not want to accept these NGO boats full of illegal immigrants. I'm actually going to read you guys a little bit of the uh, behind the scenes to this clip before we delve into it so you guys can understand what's going on. Um, so basically, there was an NGO funded boat of illegal immigrants that was sent toward Italy and Italy diverted it to France. And then France sent it back. And um, Italian Interior Minister Matteo Piantedosi said on November 10th that France's reaction to the request to take in 234 migrants while Italy has taken in 90,000 this year alone is totally incomprehensible in the face of constant calls for solidarity. France's interior minister has slammed Rome for banning the vessel which has been stuck off the coast of Sicily for days, calling it reprehensible and selfish. Meanwhile, France does not want to take that in. And I'm pretty sure that Macron too has been at the forefront of... Um, open border type policies for France. Now, Georgia Milani, apologies if I'm butchering her name here, took Macron to task. I've never seen somebody so brutally annihilated. I'm going to um, go ahead and speak over this clip for you because she's speaking in Italian, but she so beautifully demolishes the hypocrisy of Macron and his entire country. Listen. She says, this is a child who works in a gold mine in Burkina Faso. Burkina Faso is one of the poorest nations in the world. France prints colonial money for Burkina Faso, which has gold. In return, they demand that 50% of everything that Burkina Faso exports end up in the coffers of the French treasury. The gold that this child goes down a tunnel to extract mostly ends up in the coffers of the French state. So the solution is not to take the Africans and bring them to Europe. The solution is to free Africa from certain Europeans who exploit it and allow these people to live off of what they have. Woo! That is a powerful leader. Macron could never. Honestly, okay, so at the G20 summit as well, uh, Xi Jinping came up to Trudeau and was like, the conversation that we had was leaked to the public. It is unacceptable. And then Trudeau walked off, I am not joking, like a little dog with his pail between his legs. He could barely walk. It was pathetic because he's a loser. He's a weak leader, just like Macron. Guarantee you the next time these two leaders are in the same room, Macron will be walking away the same way with his tail between his legs because he's a pathetic excuse for a man.
Now, that's how Italy is handling um, some of their migration issues. Meanwhile, in the United States, we have Greg Abbott dropping off another 50 illegal immigrants at Kamala Harris's doorstep. Um, so this is what is currently going on. This is in Washington, D.C. Greg Abbott saying that he's going to be busing illegals to Chicago and Philadelphia as well. Basically, these sanctuary cities who said, hey, we'll welcome these illegal immigrants. We'll go ahead and utilize our resources for them. I think that this is a losing strategy. I think that Greg Abbott should be busing them across the border. And for those of you who say, well, he can't because of the federal government. The federal government is completely shirking their duty of protecting American citizens from invasion from foreign countries. And if you say, well, this isn't technically the definition of an invasion, we have grown military age men throwing rocks at our border patrol and trying to charge them. We have cartel members and MS-13 members crossing our border every single day. We have illegal immigrants in the United States of America targeting Americans and committing heinous crimes. Like, what more do you need? By the way, Mayorkas uh, maintains that the DHS has a plan for Title 42's end despite fears of a new migrant wave at the southern border. Um, So I believe that on December 20th, Title 42 is going to be scrapped. Basically, all of the people who were uh, kicked out of the country because of Title 42, uh, which basically said that during times of pandemic, like I'm trying to put this in layman's terms for you guys, because of COVID-19, we basically told people who illegally crossed our border, sorry, you have to go back. And that's what Title 42 was. That is set to end December 20th. And in El Paso right now, I showed you guys this last show, there is a huge group of Venezuelan migrants that have set up tents there and are patiently waiting for Title 42 to end. So in December, look for what will be happening with that. Now we're going to end the show um, with some FIFA news because Apparently, it's being held in Qatar, and they are not allowing any LGBTQ nonsense over there. We had Grant Wall say, just now, security guard refused to let me into the stadium for US v. Wales. You have to change your shirt. It's not allowed. And he's wearing some gay soccer shirt. And it's so incredible here because we have... uh, this Qatari man saying, I'm proud of what happened. I don't know when Westerners realize that their values aren't universal. There are other cultures with different values that should be equally respected. Let's not forget that the West is not the spokesperson for humanity. So shout out to this Qatari gentleman for putting this woke white liberal in his place. Stop trying to impose your culture on other nations, sir. I I thought that's exactly what liberals were against. Stop trying to colonize the Qatari people with your degeneracy grant, the audacity. Let's keep going. Uh, the NHL, I love hockey. I actually went to a Dallas Stars game the other week and I absolutely adore hockey. It's a fun sport full of toxic masculinity and men just straight up shoulder checking each other, skating on blades. It's awesome. Unfortunately, the NHL is gay now. Trans women are women, trans men are men. Non binary identity is real. They said this in response to their uh, first trans draft. Uh, So basically, uh, you know, they allowed um, men and women to play hockey with each other. But now it has turned into like this whole trans league because, you know, it's women pretending to be men, men pretending to be women. And the NHL came out with this nonsense, which absolutely breaks my heart because the NHL was the last thing I had left. The the MLB is still okay. The NFL completely destroyed and gone. It's just filled with the gays. Yeah, the gays overtook the NFL. But do gay people even like football? I don't know. The point is, I'm so tired of these corporations bending the knee to such a small minority population of Americans, but whatever. Um, We do have people that are pushing back. For example, Candace Cameron Burr, she has been an actress in many Christmas Hallmark movies, and Hallmark is going to be featuring their first gay couple this year. And she said, you know what? 
I don't want to be a part of that. This is not the traditional Hallmark that I knew. I believe she did 30 movies with them over the course of 13 years. She's a Christian woman. And she just said, you know what? I am going to go work with the Great American Family Network. And we're only going to be featuring traditional marriage in our films. That's the decision that she wanted to make because that's her religion and that's her choice. And what ended up happening? Of course, we had all of these liberal psychopaths like Jojo Siwa come forth and say, oh, I'm never going to speak to her again because she's a bigot. How dare she decide to go to her own network? How dare she decide? to build her own platform after you know we 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 pushed her out of our own with our gay ideology how dare she go on her own platform and do what she wants and promote her own ideas how dare she so this is just the perfect example of where we're currently at as a country oh you have your own ideas you have your own thoughts you have your own opinions off limits absolutely not you cannot absolutely you're a bigot if you try to think for yourself, you are an idiot. If you think that guns are going to protect you from criminals, you are a domestic terrorist. If you do not want central banking digital currencies that the government can track you with and cut you off with, uh, you know, at a moment's notice, you are the, the dumbest person alive. If you don't want electric vehicles to be what everybody is forced to drive because, uh, you know, those can so easily be hacked into by our government and uh, they can shut down your mode of transportation if they want to, you are the dumb person here because because you want a nuclear family, because you want a farm, you want to be able to be sustainable on your own and not dependent on the government. And that is why you have to be shut down. You have to be silenced. And we are trying the hardest that we can to lower testosterone testosterone levels in this country. That's our government right now. They're trying to lower the testosterone levels. They are trying to destroy the nuclear family. They are trying to take Christ out of everything. So we continue to degrade and continue on the path that we're on, which is genuinely sacrificing children at the altar of abortion and transgenderism. So which way, Western man? Which way? You want a robot dog coming and beating down your door and killing you and your family and you having no ability to protect yourself because you had the audacity to post the, the wrong meme about Joe Biden sniffing a kid? Is that the life that you want to live? I don't. But that's just me. I guess I'm selfish. I guess I'm crazy. Anyways, guys, thank you for tuning into another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez. Again, big shout out to our sponsors, oldcountrysoap.com. That's O-L-D-E, countrysoap.com. Use coupon code SAV for 20% off. I promise you're going to love that product. Also, check out my subscribe star. Link is down below. And check out my Twitter where my reporting can now live. It was absolutely incredible. I was able to put up some of my, my, my most recent work. Already hit half a million views. Uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson retweeted it. It was great. I have my reach back and the leftists cannot stand it that independent journalists like myself now have the ability to counter all of their lies all of their real misinformation and all of their genuine fascism because if you want to look at the definition of what fascism is it's everything that the left promotes and it's everything that the left does it's the left going and uh deploying their domestic terrorist units out onto the streets of America and shutting people down from speaking at colleges and universities because they don't like that you know, said speaker has individual thought and does not think like they do, which is what the government told them to do, right? These people don't have their own thoughts or opinions or feelings. They regurgitate the government talking points via the government propaganda that I laid out for you today. Anyways, guys, too, before you jump, please follow me on Rumble. Please follow the podcast because YouTube...
loves taking down my videos. We talked about a couple interesting topics tonight. So if this stream is not here in the morning and I'm not here, I will still be streaming on Rumble. I will still be uploading on podcasts. I am now on Twitter. So guess what, YouTube, if you do decide to censor me, I can now stream on Twitter, my show as well. So please go follow me at all of the different platforms down below. While I did get my Twitter account back and that was a huge win, we are still dealing with intense censorship from Instagram, from YouTube. Um, so, you know, I'm never going to bend the knee. You know, I'm never going to capitulate to YouTube's fake rules. And I'm going to report to you guys the real news. Sometimes that comes with consequence. If you ever see me not posting for a week straight or two weeks straight, it is because I have been suspended. So um, hopefully this video is still here in the morning. Again, thank you so much for everyone um, for tuning in. If you do like the show on Apple Podcasts, go leave me a five-star review. I read every single one of them. And with that, I am done with the show for tonight. Thank you for tuning in.